Welcome to Code WAC, your podcast about America's broken healthcare system and how Medicare for All could help. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. How has colonialism impacted the most vulnerable people on earth and America's healthcare system? What can we do to help heal our inflamed bodies, our communities, and our earth? We recently spoke to Dr. Rupa Maria and Raj Patel, co-authors of the new book, Inflamed, Deep Medicine and the Anatomy of Injustice. Dr. Maria is a physician, activist, mother, and composer. She's also an associate professor of medicine at UC San Francisco and co-founder of the Do No Harm Coalition. Raj Patel is a research professor at the University of Texas at Austin's Lyndon B. Johnson School of Public Affairs. He's penned several books including the New York Times bestseller, The Value of Nothing. This is the second episode from our interview. Welcome to Code WAC, Dr. Maria and Dr. Patel. Tell me about colonialism and what it means for the health of the most vulnerable people on Earth. When it comes to capitalist colonialism, what what characterizes it is not merely that the, the duties are different, but that capitalist colonialism has some boundaries between society and nature. And in society, originally, we're just... Uh, white Christian propertied men. Uh, and uh, after a while, that, that boundary expanded and expanded mainly through other people fighting to, to be recognized as part of society. Uh, and, you know, and as recently as 1924, that's when uh, Native Americans got the right to vote in this country. So, you know, we're still seeing the unfolding of the, the membership of society. But one of the things about society is that if you're in society, uh, then you get to exploit everything that's outside. Uh, and that means you can exploit the planet, you can put to work in nature, you can put to work, uh, you know, those human beings who are part Part of nature. And what that means is that systematically, women, people of color, indigenous communities, and the planet are all suffering as a result of the, the operations of power that allow a few rich white guys to, to accumulate quite a lot of money. Thank you, Raj. Did you want to say anything more about the health of the most vulnerable people? Well, um, it's not good for them, clearly. And it's getting worse every day. If we look at what's happening with the Amazon in Brazil, what's happening with our indigenous people, you know, in every corner of the globe, they're being threatened and they're in their uh, lifestyles and their forests that they protect um, are being threatened. It's not good for um, people who are tending the earth right now, the farmers around the world, the small to medium farmers, the peasant farmers who are doing the most work in terms of stewarding our soils in responsible ways that can impact um, climate change, that can draw down CO2. Um, so when we are living in a system that dominates uh, and puts these people in increasingly precarious situations, um, including the working class, it doesn't um, it doesn't bode well for our health. Um, it leaves people stressed. It leaves people traumatized, um, and it leaves um, it leaves them insecure in in the duties that they have to um, their ancestral lands and to the into the lands that they steward, which is literally bad for all of us. Mm, thank you. Bringing it back home to the U.S., colonization is all about resource extraction for profit, and that certainly seems to be the role commercial health insurance plays in our healthcare sector, draining the financial resources of families and communities to enrich shareholders and corporate executives. What role could a program like Medicare for All play in prioritizing the needs of patients and doctors? Oh, man. So Medicare for all is just the most sensible thing that can happen right now in this country. If we look at the frontline decisions that were made during COVID 
and I work as a physician at UCSF in the hospital, and we were wondering, why were we not getting tested once a week? Why are we still not getting tested once a week? We have all these workplace exposures happening. Doctors and nurses are making patients sick, even though no one's like checking to see if that's the way the genotype is moving because no one really wants to know. But there were questions that we had, like, why are nurses in trash bags? Why don't we have enough PPE? Why don't we have, why are we having elective surgeries when we're in the middle of a surge? Why are we not being tested? And then we find out, oh, okay, there's a healthcare executive lobbyist who has the ear of, you know, Secretary Galley here in California and Gavin Newsom. Our policies were not being driven by what's safe for patients and what's safe for providers in the midst of a deadly pandemic. And if that's the case, these entities have proven themselves defunct in in terms of stewarding the public health and the common good. And as we are approaching more disasters, more floods, more freezings, more wildfires, we need to have a healthcare system that can bring everybody in. And we need to have one where no one is afraid to access healthcare. So whether you're undocumented, whether you are, um, you know, poor. Um, that you know that you can come and get healthcare and not be saddled with a lifetime of debt. And, you know, people don't come to us who are in precarious economic situations until it's far along in their disease processes because they're afraid to be saddled with debt. And and it's horrific to see, you know, I, I just can't even tell you how many patients um, I've seen just so crippled by fear of their finances when they should be spending the last few weeks with their families of their lives. You know, is this really the world we want to be um, in? And and so I'm working on the Healthy California for All Commission to try to move for single payer in California. Um, and I'm very much supportive of that. And then on the national level, absolutely, I think this could be a really big step in just making sure everyone can come under the care. So instead of those resources being extracted from the public good, in terms of public, in terms of health, to go to pay shareholders and corporate executives, we just get rid of that C-suite and we start focusing all that money into paying for patient care and paying for like the best care that we can provide. I think that that will help open, you know, make it easier to, to deal with something like a pandemic or climate change, the climate health crises that are coming and that are already here. And it will also help diversify the kinds of healthcare that can be given. So in the work that we're doing um, with the Healthy California for All Commission, it's, it's imperative that it's not just the Western science medicine people, the MDs out there who are covered, but also a whole array of medical treatments that are helpful to people and that have data and have um, benefits, uh, proven benefits for people, whether it's addressing food as medicine and really looking at farmers as our frontline healthcare workers who should be paid like doctors and nurses to steward our soils, to take care of our water and to provide people with food. Um, Like food should be a human right um, here in such a wealthy nation and not food that's tainted by pesticides, but healthy food, nutritious food that is grown on biodiverse soils. So it's an interesting time to really think broadly about what health is and what health means and what we can do to secure the health of our people and our planet at the same time. And yeah, you know, having grown up um, with single payer healthcare in in Britain, uh, I mean, I think it's it's absolutely fantastic. And we've seen, you know, uh, the, the you know, NHS giving people money so that they get the bus fare home rather than extracting their last, you know, penny from them, uh, while they, you know, while, while they die on a, you know, on, on, in, in, in an ICU. Um, but it's necessary, but not sufficient. One of the ideas that we have in, inflamed, uh, is that 
what we need is a, a care revolution and a, a revolution of care and repair. And the, the importance of reparation is, I think, illustrated quite nicely by the NHS in Britain, right? I mean, who was it that was in the front lines? Who was still dying disproportionately uh, under the, the, the huge wave of COVID in Britain, despite uh, you know an NHS that people were, were very excited about and were banging their pots and, and pans in the street in order to support. Um, but it was, you know, working class and people of colour. Uh, and the if we don't have these societal transformations that recognise the damage that Britain in particular, but, you know, that the, the state has caused frontline communities, then we will have a healthcare system that's really like a food bank, right? That, that's there as a sort of safety net of, the la- of last resort for the most vulnerable people, which is to say the people who have been most affected by colonialism. And unless we address that, unless we address the sort of structural issues that are long historical issues, we're going to end up with, you know, basically a a sort of uh, a safety net rather than and a very frayed and and impoverished safety net rather than uh, a, a system of care and transformation that we need in order to be able to heal the planet. Mm, thank you. So, Dr. Maria, you mentioned the Healthy California for All Commission that Governor Gavin Newsom appointed to achieve access to health care for all Californians through a unified financing system, including single payer. What's the latest with the commission and what's that experience been like for you? I think the funniest part has been watching um, people like um, Dr. Pan and Assemblyman Wood kind of do this red scare technique, which has been sort of amusing to hear these these words in the midst of so many people dying and losing their jobs and being in economic um, straits in COVID, just like, oh, well, you know, Medi-Cal is so bad and then we're going to have it so bad if we just have, you know, a public healthcare system and it's just going to be so terrible. There are going to be these long wait lines and blah, 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 blah. Um, and it's just been amazing to see how tone deaf that is with what, you know, Californians overwhelmingly support, which is to have a public health system, to have a system that is a single payer system. Um, so that's been amusing um, and and interesting to watch, like how, you know, they're speaking at these engagements with the healthcare industry lobbyists. And why are those folks even involved in this discussion? I don't know, um, because we have a duty to the public. We don't have a duty to these corporations. Um, and with the public and the public good right now, any delay getting access to care to COVID um, care, like any delay in someone coming to the hospital is another, you know, potentially person who died when they didn't have to die. Like we have effective treatments now um, and people, you know, we're much better at treating this disease than we were a year ago, but people are still hesitant to come if they're undocumented or they're uninsured and I don't want to call the ambulance and I don't want to, you know, be in the emergency room and run up a bill. It's like, these are things that people should not be thinking of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, you know, we have another meeting coming up and I'll, I'll keep going and keep, you know, trying to push them to be more transparent and uh, more accountable to the public in this, in this conversation. Okay. Thank you. A United Nations working group recently came out with its damning climate report that UN Secretary General called a code red for humanity. How does the report's findings tie into the findings and recommendations of your book? Well, I mean, we, we begin the book uh, observing that the world's on fire. Uh, and 
the you know the the the, the fact is that there are uh, there's now a branch of medicine uh, or uh, various branches of medicine that are geared towards treating uh, the, the consequences of climate change, and those those consequences range from you know sort of predictable heat stroke to uh, worsening conditions for asthmatics to trauma and neurological disease, uh, and there, there is a spectrum of diseases that are going to you know accompany climate change uh, that are entirely foreseeable and predictable and expensive. I mean, and this is always the thing that baffles me about the United States. You know, we spend 19% of our GDP on healthcare. Uh, Single-payer healthcare systems are half that and do a much better job. And, uh, and of course, you know, right now, as you know, our planet heats up, our government is not doing the right thing, right? You know, we're still letting, you know, uh, line three go ahead, for example. We're still uh, encouraging the fossil fuel industry with our, with subsidies. And part of the, the, the medicine that we talk about in, uh, in the book is precisely the medicine of care and repair for the planet. And that means uh, you know, moving away from uh, an economy and an ecology that sets things on fire, uh, because the consequences are, as, as we mentioned before, uh, ones that will inflame the planet and inflame our bodies simultaneously. And it's also moving away from the, the concepts that you know, white men can save us or save the planet. So if there's this, you know, this move in regenerative agriculture that's like stacked with all these white male talking heads um, who are out there on social media posting, you know, anti-vax statements and um, sharing like quasi data with ivermectin, which will delay someone coming to care for COVID, um, where, you know, it's these are folks who are um, spreading harmful disinformation that actually can impact impact black and brown communities who are dying from COVID. And so um, really having an analysis of, you know, are the people who brought us to this point, is the mindset that brought us to the point, this point, going to get us out of this? If capitalism and its architecture of power has brought us to the point of a planet that's on fire and a healthcare system that is defunct, is that going to fix it? No, it's not. So who do we look to? We look to the indigenous people. We look to the farmers who've been doing this work for centuries, um, trying to protect their seeds and their knowledge and their relationships. They're people who've been resisting capitalism for hundreds of years, and they do a great job of it. So let's uplift those people and those leaders and try to build a culture of care informed by what they can teach us. And so that's really, you know, really an important part of of what we're articulating. And I should say, and that doesn't mean there's not a role for white men, right? Or not a role for um, people of European descent. There's a role for all of us. And that's what's so powerful about this work is decolonizing and it must involve all of us collectively together. But it must involve us together restructuring this the, the dynamics of power that have brought us here. So there's a lot of learning and unlearning to do and it's messy and it's unsettling and it's challenging, um, but it's also beautiful because there are kinds of relationships that can exist when those power structures are removed that never have had a chance to exist. There's a kind of interaction that can happen, a kind of solidarity that can grow across lines that have been dividing us for, for a couple centuries. Can you each respond in 30 seconds? And this will be the final question. What can we as individuals do to help heal our bodies, our communities, and our earth? We can join up with collectives who are already doing that work. That's what we can do. Uh, yeah, and 
uh, we, we can abandon the idea that there's a pill for whatever it is that we that, that ails us. There, there, there isn't anything that can be put in capsule form. This is uh, the, 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 the great sort of liberating moment here is the joy and human connection that the pharmaceutical industry and uh, the, the, the insurance industry wants to take away from us. But we can rebuild back. Uh, and that's, that's what capital colonialism has, uh, capitalist colonialism has prevented us from enjoying and something that we can, I think, you know, re-embrace again. Thank you, Dr. Maria and Dr. Patel. Their new book is Inflamed, Deep Medicine and the Anatomy of Injustice. Find more Code WAC episodes on ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. You can also subscribe to Code WAC wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. I'm Brenda Gazar.